Hey, it's episode 19 of the Super Empty Show. We're here again, and we've got plenty to talk about tonight. A couple notes to uh, get out of the way first. There's our first ever event. It's tonight. We're showing music videos in the AU basement on Main Street. That's 201 West Main Street. It's going to be a good time. Hey, Ryan, what, what's it called? It's called Seeing Sounds. Shouts Ooh, to NERD. I like yeah, that. So we're going to be showing some of our favorite music videos. Um, really relaxed event mm -hmm. from 8 to 9.30 and yeah. hanging out afterwards. Yeah, and I mean, not just showing the videos, but kind of just talking about it afterwards, what, what people got from it, what people... How it impacted, because if we go back into the vault for some videos on how it impacted people and all that stuff. So it's going to be real chill, mm -hmm. real good time with a lot of creatives out here. Uh, come out and, you know, yeah. have fun. And it's also, just to, to make a quick note, it's also a mix of some mm -hmm. local and big. So yeah. I assume most of them will be, uh, we still haven't finalized the list, but it's going to be a lot of major artists because we want to show some really cinematic stuff. But we're also going to show the best of local uh, acts as well. So there's also another uh, Best of the Carolinas playlist. Volume two is up, featuring uh, Ozzy the Hitmaker from Durham, Ooh. Tangelo Max, Nick Ooh. Grant. You Ooh. might know him from uh, Beats and Bars Beats Fest. And he's bars. a South Carolina guy yeah. that now kind of reps Atlanta, but we'll still throw him South Carolina, on the yeah. list. Yeah, he started there. Yeah, uh, Frace from Charlotte. Nice. So, and we'll go into the vault for some old stuff as well. So that's up on the site and up on Spotify. We've got 15 followers. Like, we need hey. a few more. Get, so. Yeah. If you're on, if you're on Spotify or you go to our site and you go to the playlist, click that follow button. Mm -hmm. Then you won't have to hear about it on here. You'll know next time you go to the playlist. Oh, they updated this shit. Let me get, a, let me get a play in. Exactly. And last but not least, uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Beats and Bars. They had a cool panel last week on filmmaking and hip hop, and they had a couple of our uh, alumni from this show. Head Graphics was on there. Celine Kid Ethnic was on there, yeah. uh, as well as our friend Becky Ward who's worked with Runaway and now with yeah. UNCTV, they were all talking about their experiences with being videographers in the uh, hip-hop scene here. So yeah. that was really cool. Uh, yeah, shouts to Beats and Bars and Crystal, the founder of it, will shouts. be on this show soon. Yes, we're very excited for that. Um, and I'm personally really excited to see a lot more of these types of events from Beats and Bars, like outside of the whole festival lineup. I think it's because they've already, like Crystal's already done a ton of shit yeah. in the city that tying it into Beats and Bars, I think, is a great thing for right. the festival and for the town. Great minds think alike, because we were working on this event <laughs> with showing music videos, and then it came out that they were having a bunch of uh, filmmakers do a panel. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, smart people. Yes. All right, so here's some things we're not covering today. We already know we're not going to do Amir being kicked out of Brockhampton. Nope. We don't have time for that. He, you know, it's going to be hard for them, because now they're only going to have, like, 11 members. So I don't know how they're going to well, we'll make music. Uh, yeah. Um, there's the battle of good versus evil that is Kim Kardashian and Rhymefest. Yeah, uh... Please no. Yeah, just <laughs> shake that one off. Nope. This is, I feel like I'm a pitcher, just like, or, or, or what is this, the other way around? You're the catcher, giving me what you want. And I'm yeah, just, I'm, I'm telling just, you no, it's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. All right, so then we have uh, Pusha versus Drake versus Kanye versus whoever, whatever uh, else is going on versus with all Schoolboy this. Versus Schoolboy Q. Versus apparently Schoolboy <laughs> Q, according to a, uh, a disappointing uh, mistaken tweet from a complex intern, probably. Shouts to the homie. <laughs> uh, Eminem and Nicki Minaj are dating or not. I've seen it both ways. I saw a headline that said they aren't. So, you know, take it, what you, take, yeah. take it how you will. They were. First I don't it read was, articles. How ridiculous that you guys believed this. Then it was, oh, wait, they actually are. And now today they're not. So, you know. Well, you know, it's, it's 2018. It could have gone that quickly. Check out High Snobiety for that. Yes. Uh, but for our real show, we will be talking to Eric Tullis about uh, how his experience was at the TDE Championship Tour in Raleigh that was yep. just there last week. We're going to be having Alec Lomami, president of Immaculate Taste Records, on the show. Hell one yeah. of the uh, most prominent record labels for hip-hop in this area, if you're not counting, obviously, 
the the legendary you know Jamla Ninth Wonder. Yeah, group. it's it's one of the better up and coming ones. It's got a really strong lineup. They've got Angelo Moda's doing an album rollout yeah. right now. They're yes. artists out of New Jersey. Yes, go and then check them out. last but not least, we'll be talking about a uh, mashup that came out that's going around the internet with Ninth Wonder and Drake. More Ninth. More Ninth. I like yeah. the name. It's a good name. I do too. I like that it has Ninth's name in it. But Justin didn't like. I'll, everything about oh, yeah. it so we'll we'll talk about that <laughs> in the show he liked the ninth part yeah all right so that's episode 19 let's get into it I'm allergic to shrimp, homie. Only want the big fish. Now I'm not a representative. Always how I did this. Give me the bread and give me the flight and give me the mic. I rip it. Give me a night and what I will write diminishes our predictions. Vicious. Only because I've got Alec Lamami here, co-founder of Immaculate Taste, a record label based here in the Triangle that has been responsible for a guy you might have heard of named Wells, as well as Angelo Moda out of New Jersey, just released an album last week. Uh, their artists have been featured on Team Backpack, Pigeons and Planes Complex, played shows at Webster Hall and SOBs in New York, correct? Uh, and toured with Waka Flocka and a lot of other things that we'll get into on the show. So this is, a, first of all, glad to have you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about how this is kind of a family business a little bit because you and Mike Tambashi, who run it together and started it together, are brothers. Yes. And Wells is your cousin. How did the whole, how did you guys decide to start this as, you know, all your family coming together or a lot of family members? Um, I mean, it kind of just happened out of necessity, you know, like it wasn't really a plan. Um, we kind of just started working with Wells and um, originally it was just going to be like us doing a label, relabel thing and we were looking for management. Mm. But like at the time. Because you were making music too, right? Yeah. So at the time, like, he, he wasn't necessarily big enough that any manager would be interested. So we just kept, so, so, we, so we started managing it on something like, okay, we're going to do it for now. And then eventually, when, uh, <laughs> when he gets a little bigger, we're going to transition to something else. And then we just got pretty good at it. So we just kept at it. Uh, when would you say that actually started? Because you said that you'd get a different answer if I asked Wells that versus asking you that. When did that work start yeah, getting I mean, put in? So, like if, you ask, you? if you ask me or Mike or, or Wells, you, you might have a different answer. Like, I generally start counting from the time we actually started working, started recording music. And I think it was 15 at the time because, I, cause, I mean, it was still in Charlotte and I was here in Chapel Hill. So I would, like, on the weekends, I would go pick him up. We would go to the studio, record, and then I had to go drop it back. You would drive something. from around here, yeah, down to here, Charlotte, pick him up. Down to Charlotte, pick him up, come here work on songs so because i mean also finances i mean we didn't really have much money so we could only book maybe two hours so <laughs> we would like make sure you already have everything written you already know your rhymes so by the time we go to the studio you can kind of like knock a bunch of song within two hours and then after the recorder is done i'll go drop them back so like so for me i start counting during that time right and that was how long ago uh that was in 2010 2011 um, Mike generally start counting from the time that we kind of like made Mike, like we registered Michael the Taste and became like a legal business. Mm-hmm. Like he generally would say, so he would generally say 2013. Gotcha. And uh, Wells would generally count from <laughs> he the would time say two that years he, ago. Yeah, from the time that he started kind of uh, have his, uh, his stuff moving on. Yeah, let's talk about that because you guys have been on, um, got a lot of recognition from places that have made it stand out around mm-hmm. here. 
um, seeing wells get pigeons or complex and get recognition yeah. on major sites. How did you guys go about making those connections? And because and, from an outsider looking in, it would be like, oh, the guys at Immaculate Taste have a bunch of connections in the music industry. Um, but you said you worked for those things. It wasn't yeah, and that's actually the funniest thing to me when I when I see that, like, because I mean, like, because. I mean, that's like, again, like I said, we started in like 2010, 2011. Like, I mean, like when he dropped his first project, just to give you a context, I was literally, and then you know, his first con his first project was very kind of like boom bap sound kind of thing. Well, yeah, remind me the name of the uh, project. The name was C'est La Vie. So like, it's not, even, la vie, yeah, yeah. It's not no. even on the internet. So no, like, it is good. I like <laughs> yeah, the songs from it. You know, it's not even on so a lot of people won't even, don't even know what, it, know what, the, what that's about. But um, it came out before even, Joy Badass came, mm -hmm. you know, so like we, you know, so that's kind of like how long the thing been, um, been out. So like, so from that time on, we would like reach out to blogs and try to get placement. And we would just, we would just like face all these rejections and like, no, it's not good enough and that sort of thing. So we just kept at it. And um, I mean, the main thing is like, we just do a lot of research. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so like we spend a lot of time looking at these blogs and like kind of like find out who the writers are and each writer, what kind of, what kind of things certain writer like to write about? So like if we, if we felt like a certain writer was closer to like the stuff that we would make it, so those mm -hmm. are the ones we reach out to. That so makes that sense. Kind of, that kind of started, and also like a, and also like the whole that whole the whole writing community, like it's very much like a a, mu a moving chair, musical yeah, chair yeah, type freelancing of thing. So like, the writing. So you know, so you might have a person who, when we first reach out to him, he was just like writing for like a super small blog that like nobody really knew. And the next, you know, two years later, like he's he's a fader or whatever. Right. So like a lot of those relationships we kind of built that way. Like we started like with like just small people and kind of grew with them. And mm -hmm. they're like they just they just really mess with him. And like as they moved, we kind of have access to those things. But like the the difficult thing also is like like for example like just three months ago we probably have like we had like three connection fader three people that we know for sure if we have something we could just like go send to them, them and they send to them talk, i mean yeah. like obviously like it's no guarantee but like we knew at least they'll give it a listen and then we mm -hmm. might get something and like three months down the line they all got fired so <laughs> now it's kind of like so you always got to continuously yeah. up update or if you knew anybody at mass appeal now yeah, they don't have any jobs yeah you know <laughs> yeah that's actually funny enough you see mass appeal one of the first guy who wrote about wells uh, at the time he was at double xl and they're like, that's, and then like, next thing you know, he was, at, and he moved to Mass Appeal. So that's kind of how we mm. were able to even get Mass Appeal. When did you start like meeting people in person, like travel to go start making connections and actually network, not on the internet, but physically? Um, in person, that's mostly started like around 20, 2014, 2014. Okay. Like that's kind of like when we kind of started like, um, you know, just taking trip to New York. Um, you know, like most of it was just kind of like just like events, you know, different. Just right. like there's a, there was an event going on, and like, and most of it was mine because like he's like like I'm, you know, like he's the more outgoing one. So like he would like so he can just step to any person, just kind of like talk to them and get yeah. the contact, whatever. So like he did a lot of those like face to face thing, and I did a lot of just like email stuff because like in public I just want to stay in the corner <laughs> and say. Nothing. And that's why we have you on the show because you love talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of those kind of things that you guys have going on right now was with Angelo, uh, yeah. where he just did this thing on Complex that they just, mm -hmm. I guess, launched recently, like Shark Tank style. Yeah. And he's presenting to Karen Civil and some a guy from a record label, I forget his name, Kevin uh, Kevin Lyle. Kevin Lyle, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Yeah, I was going to ask how that came about. So he's, he's basically, for people who haven't seen it, you should check it out on YouTube if you search Angelo Moda. He's, he's basically pitching himself as a mm -hmm. rapper and as an artist and giving them his background and they're giving him advice. And mm -hmm. I think he's one of the first people to be on this show. Yeah, I think he was the only one on the, the only musician on the show. Everybody else is kind of like doing other things, but he was the only like musician on the show. Oh, really? I thought yeah. it was all like rappers. So it's a, all, no, it's not all rapping. Uh. Like, they have like fashion designer, they have like business people. So he was literally the only one doing music. Well, that was a great look. I mean, they, they you know, they kind of labeled it like he's nervous, which whatever, but I think that aside, I mean, it's a good look for him to be on the show. Yeah. How, how did the rollout go in general? So I mean, the album same, came out five days ago. Same thing with that thing. Like literally it was, I don't want to say the, give the wrong information, but I think it was a guy who went to high school with him originally. Mm. And they're like, um, and so he, he liked his music for a long time. And I think when he got the, he started working at Complex. I think he started working at P Pigeon and Plane first. And then they would try to do something there like a year or so ago. It didn't work out. And they're like, this year he just hit us up. We're like, okay, he was like, uh, do you want to do this? And then we ended up finding out actually it was the owner of Pigeon and Plane who kind of like suggested Angelo for this, for, for uh, it. So a lot of the connection to him too. Yeah, so all of this thing is just like relationship that was just built over years. And then sometimes we pitch, sometimes people just come to us. Right. And then, well, so you have a lot of things coming out this summer. Angelo is happening right now. Um, I don't know how concrete the roster is for Immaculate Taste mm -hmm. or people are just associated acts. I don't know who you would call, who you would say is like actually on it. Is just mean, the man Angelo and Wells? No, you I also mean, have the Black Arts Club. Yeah. Um. So there's there's definitely Angelo and Wells. They 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 probably the more active because uh, most of the other people are like producers. So okay. like you have like uh, Vacay, for example, who's a who's a producer <laughs> who produces this show. Pretty, uh, yeah. <laughs> um. I have a I have a good friend of mine named Lucho. Um. He's member of the Black Art Club. Um, he's also a producer, um, so he's he's in he's he's in he's in there. We have like an artist from Nigeria named Santi. Um, yeah, him and then we, there's also Tommy, who is also kind of like he also produced. Tommy Coyote, yeah, producer, also, photographer also, extraordinaire. Yeah, he also produced. So most of it, most of it are like producers, and they're like I don't necessarily, I generally don't really count myself because like I feel like. I'm kind of like the black sheep just because like I make music in French so already it's like I'm like it's kind of like an outside of things. So I don't even really I don't generally I don't list yeah. myself as like people in it but like I guess. Well some of the Black Hearts clubs Black Hearts club songs mm -hmm. are in are in French, right? Yeah, those would be my parts. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, so that another thing I was going to ask you about was that group. You guys mm -hmm. had a song that was like licensed for some TV show I remember. Again, just one of these things where like from the outside looking in, I don't know how you guys these yeah, things come um, about. Like again, that kind of happened when when Wells worked on um, MTSYD. There was a like at the time um, when me and Lucho would collaborate on a song, we would just kind of like instead of put our individual name, we just like kind of put Black Art Club on it. So there was a song, uh, Savoir Faire, that was on there that we kind of produced. The song where like his grandmother's in the video, mm -hmm. like it was that song. So. Um, so when that song came out, there was just like a guy who kind of liked the song. And he was like, yo, I really like the song, whatever, that kind of thing. And then like, he liked, and he saw the name Black Hat Club, so he liked the production. Hmm. And when he Googled it, he, saw, he heard that other song. He, I mean, he heard the, the other song that we had. Oh, that, yeah, so Savoir Faire? I don't Savoir know if I'm Faire, saying it correctly, but that was on MTSYD. That was on MTSYD, yeah. yes. And then when he saw the production credit, he Googled the, produce, the, the name of the production and then he found the song that we had. 
Okay, what was and, the name of that song? Uh, Girl, Tell Me Something. Girl, Tell Me Something, yeah. yeah. So he found, he found that song and then he kind of like, I think he pitched, he tried to pitch it for a commercial and then like, I think we got beat up by uh, The Office London. I don't even know what the commercial <laughs> was. Yeah. Um, but like, it was like, oh, you know, like, yeah, they ended up giving, that, giving it to The Office London. And then, um, so eventually like he introduced it to, uh, to like a, a, a licensing agency so they have been there so they've been like licensed to that song and we got quite a few actually literally even like last week there's like a hbo show that like, picked up one of the songs that's awesome how how so you said that's that happens here and there it's still kind of uncommon but. um I mean, we we've got like for the amount of licensing that we've landed for for that song like it's not really like we even told like don't get used to it because like it's right. not really the norm because like we i think we've got at least five or six so far that's and crazy so, so tech and then like that's and it's so technically that song probably like made us probably more money than most of the other thing most that we other put things out. that you guys do and that was just like a <laughs> and that's like a side project it wasn't you know so it's kind of so like, you just need to figure out how to hook that up like 10 more times yeah <laughs> Well, I wanted to ask what you, I'm glad you brought up uh, the, his grandma wearing mm -hmm. the Jordans because that was kind of like one yeah. of many moments on sort of the rise to being a mm -hmm. little bit, seen as a little bit more of a legitimate artist with um, a lot of streams and views on YouTube was, I don't remember if it was the video or a photo where he had, his, I mean, both, but was, one of them got yeah. really blew up somewhere where, you know, Leroy had his grandma wearing these Jordans mm -hmm. and she's dressed in, I suppose, traditional, yeah. uh, is it South African? Uh, Congolese. Oh, Congolese, so yeah. Mm. But you're South African. Uh, no, I'm Congolese. Oh, you lived I in just, South Africa. I just lived in South Africa okay. for, for a time. Got you. So she's, so she's dressed in a Congolese outfit with mm. the Jordans on. Was that one of the first times he, like, he had like a viral uh, tweet or video? Uh, yeah, I mean, to that level, yeah, that was like, that was kind of like the first time. Because that's kind of like the one thing that like, even when you put out the video, that's kind of like the things that most people like wrote about yeah that sort of thing so yeah and did you guys plan it that way or you just tried to i mean you it, thought it like, had some viral potential not really i mean like literally um like we wanted to shoot a video and then like again at the time we like we didn't really have like that's that's part of like what we try to do like you know what i'm saying with this when you have a small budget you always try to like do certain things that would be kind of just like interesting so we right. felt like so like i actually like i kind of wrote the treatment for that video it was kind of like oh you could and I, I was at, I was in South Africa at the time, and I wrote the treatment, sent it to them. I was like, yo, like you know, like I think it would be cool to just have a video with her, with her in it. And it's actually his older brother, um, Shaq, who's also one of the, technically speaking, one of the early founder of Michael Taste. That's like Wells' well older brother. Okay. And then like he's a photographer, but he was directed that video, and then he's the one who's like, oh, let's just put some George on her. <laughs> so it's just kind of like. <coughs> That it just kind of worked out that way. We had like another guest, Head Graphics, came on the show talking about the best ideas are those ones sometimes mm -hmm. that just come about like really randomly. Speaking of Head Graphic, like he actually shot Wells' first video. He did. For like Savoir Faire, right? Uh, yeah, he shot that one. We shot another one way before that. Off oh, wow. Cela Vido. So we're talking like 2011. Damn. Yeah. He's been in it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was, uh, obviously you have the Angela thing coming out, but we talked on the phone as well about. Mm -hmm you guys making all these connections with the blogs and a lot mm -hmm. of writers. And then just as you were making a lot of inroads with that, or within a year or two of you guys making progress with that, things have shifted. Mm -hmm. And now it's all about the streaming and yeah. the 
playlists on Spotify and elsewhere. How has that shifted your approach from the label perspective? Uh, because now you kind of, because I mean, like, uh, blogs don't really break artists like the way they used to. Like, it, it doesn't even have the same impact. So, like, not having a blog write up has a lot more to do with, like, it just gives us, like, some... Um, some element, of, some leverage that we could use for something else. So mm -hmm. that, it's not necessarily going to like grow your fan base. It's not necessarily going to really like affect what you're doing. But like, it just like give you leverage. So like, you know, what I'm saying like we can go to like a booking agent or, or a show and be like, this is what has been happening. You can even yeah, use those legitimacy or credibility yeah. that you've been on that site. Yeah, I know. Uh, and you can even use those for actually to land on playlists that's kind right. of some of those things they can because they kind of all kind of want to know what your marketing plan is and what you have done that sort of thing so yeah so like so now the the focus really shift from like blogs or or pr first per se at least online pr to more like who's your distributor because mm -hmm. now you need a distributor who kind of sort of has you know what i'm saying like those sort of connections that pull who right, can pitch right. those people because most of the most because most of the most of the playlists uh, don't really take, I think official ones don't really take pitch for individual. They take them from the distributor. So are you guys doing that work of pitching or are you working with someone who's helping you to um, pitch that? We've, we've done both. Uh, we've done both. So like um, in 2014, MTSYD, a lot of it was done, was done by, the, by, the, with, by the publisher, but like so, by, uh, a PR. Okay. Um, so what we've done also is kind of like whatever that's another way that we got con that we kind of like grew like our connection like whatever a pr kind of opened the door like we try to maintain that relationship so that way it's not totally dependent on them per se so it's mm -hmm. kind of like if they landed something so like we will find who they landed with and kind of like build with them because that's been obviously i should mention for anybody that doesn't know wells that's been a really successful thing for you guys like mm -hmm. when you see somebody's um Spotify monthly streaming numbers, mm -hmm. or you see his top ten songs. Like he has, does he have one song that's over a million? Or at least if he doesn't, last he has a time I checked, hundreds of last thousands. time I checked, it was it was getting close, but like it hasn't. And that was cracked. the song with Sylvanessa. Yeah, and that's a big part. That was like a this this two of them was close. There's the Sylvanessa song, and there's like the song the uh, song one thirty. Yeah, um, those are, which was big on Team Backpack. Yeah, those Spotify. are kind, those are kind of close. Gotcha, yeah. and with Angelo as well. So yeah, Angelo. Yeah, Angelo. He like we. He's like because he's landed like a couple, couple playlists, and those like and that's what I'm saying. Like the, I mean, landing, landing, uh, landing. Um, expect. I mean, I, that's at least in my experience, like a Spotify playlist. Depending on which one it is, like, like really, actually, like have like a real like you can really have a tangible impact like you can go from like like we'll go maybe like he yeah. he might have a song that have 10, like thousand plays so he, like a hundred thousand yeah exactly like, like in in like five days like in like five just in that amount of time so like and then like and they also show it shows financially like it's like <laughs> i mean i know people say, i mean and i know people people complain about like the rates and then you know what i mean and then it's justified it is low it is yeah. low it's justified but like Man, like we've like, we've gained checks every month, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like and like those checks are real, like because I, I know like I know a lot of people is like yo like there's no money, and then, and I'm like if at that level with no our number, we make like a decent amount of money. I can't imagine like people like way more play than us, like right. how much they must be making. Do you do you think that's weird to you how it's changed that? the way that playlists have this impact now that or it's just to you it's not any different than back when the tastemakers were 
more like the radio people or the blogs. No, I mean or it's not. It's not. I mean it's not. It's, it's just so much power that they. Yeah, have. it's just. Like, it's just a, a song. And then, but like, but well, how? I mean, like, it's just. I mean, it's just like a logical progression because I mean, like, even because I mean, like, like blogs just kind of became the radio to to mm. Cinderella. I remember what was cool about blogs, like in twenty nine or whatever, is the fact that like literally you could. You could uh, you could you could follow five different blogs and then you find out about like a different like yeah. different artists. And now it's all the Which same. Which is like literally like if you it's like if you get one, you pretty much get all of them, mm. you know, kind of thing. So like I don't know, it just kind of needed to change, uh, in a way. How does it? How is it working for you guys geographically to run the label? You know, you're kind of all over the place. You're not in South Africa anymore, but Leroy is in Virginia. Yeah. Uh, um, he's repping Charlotte. You guys are in the Triangle. What's up? I guess the early years, the the early year kind of just like trained us for it because like I mean like again another reason why I can't uh, you know I look you know I don't forget the early year because like Le- Wells first first show was uh, actually in 2012 I think that's like in 2012 in 2012. Were you saying that that the G Easy show you told yeah, me earlier was, yeah. was his first show that was like his first make, show doing music at all? That was like his first actual. I mean like. <laughs> He's done like open, Other than a high school like he's show. done kind of like open mic kind of thing. Like, yeah. could, I mean, that's another thing we were we were doing. You know, you know, like, so I will pick him up um, from Charlotte, pick him up, go come record, record on Saturday, and I think Sunday, they used to have like a open mic thing in Chapel Hill, like on someone Franklin. I don't, I forget the name At of Jack's the venue. Pratt? I think that's where that's yeah. what it was. You know, this is like we were literally like after we record a song, we we're like, yo, like let's go test it out. Let's go like. Let's go, like, you know, let's go test it out. And then that's kind of, like, um, it was kind of, like, a way to just kind of, like, get him to, like, when you record songs, to not just, you know, to have, like, a live version, a live performance in mind. Not just, to not just think about just, like, releasing music and selling music online. You have to actually, react. like, have people react, actually, like, train you as a performer. And that's kind of how, I think, it, I think it's a really good performance. A big part of it is because he was, he's just yeah. been doing it for so long. Um, but, yeah, I even forget what that. <laughs> what the question was? I think I, I don't know. sidestepped. Yeah, well, um, that that uh, you know, that has changed over time because obviously, again, one of the things that is different, I think, from Immaculate Taste than a lot of other people in the area. One is the support group mm-hmm. that, like, Wells had people around him that were mm-hmm. being strategic about yeah. what he was doing. At a certain point in time, he stopped, and I don't know if it was based on streams or blog looks or whatever, but he he wasn't doing that kind of thing, like. Mm-hmm. every week or every two weeks or even just every what we see from a lot of artists in a local scene being on what seems to be every opportunity they could have mm-hmm. to do a show you know every six weeks and i know that he was conscious and i'm sure you guys had an impact on that of not wanting to be to oversaturate himself in a certain yeah. area and have it every time he's doing a show have it be like oh yeah that's wells i could catch him next month mm-hmm. at whatever whatever do you remember making like ta- having conversations about that about um, not wanting to saturate him in the area. I think, I think actually, I think that was more of a decision that that he made. You know what I mean? Okay. Like that was, I think that was that came that came from him. Like he was just like, you know, like I kind of don't want to just keep performing all the time. Otherwise, people just get used to. It. And then what? And then what, what? What was happening was, especially as artists, um, like they get tired of just doing the same thing over and over again. So like, so what generally would happen? Like, like he would. Like when by the time he by the time he released by the time Silavi was out, like he started working on the next project, but like at that point you're already tired of your first project, mm-hmm. so you're performing already. 
the stuff that you haven't released. So you performing those because those stuff feel fresh and they're new to you. But like the people don't even really know these songs. Yeah, they don't know these songs. So like, I mean, it's that's cool. a hard thing in rapping. Yeah, general. so you know, yeah, so it's cool. But then, but so by the time you release La Vie, you already, I mean, uh, MTSYD, you already tired of that one. Yeah, and then you start performing like the other songs. So like, you never really, at a moment, where like actually can perform a records or project that like people kind of know, people can learn or whatever. Because every time you release something, stuff that they're just not released. Yeah, you know, you know, whatever. So that was part of like kind of like you know, I just need to slow down, and um, you know, just like be strategic about which show to play. And uh, but I mean, like we also. S- still try to not be snooty you know like so like you know so like yeah you want to be select you want to be selective to a certain way but like you also don't want to be the person's kind of like thinks you're, i yeah, can't play good. this because this, i'm just too good for that you know we try right. to like avoid those sort of situations and i think i remember the earlier question it <laughs> was the question was uh i was just say like uh the question about location geographical location yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so the reason I mentioned the G Easy show is because like when when we booked that show, both Mike and I weren't even in North Carolina. We were both in South Africa at the time. You know, so like we just got used to just like working through the internet, working long distance. Like I mean, like even when I was like doing executive producer on on well stuff, like I wasn't here. You know, mm-hmm. but like today so we're here, but like they would send the stuff, I give input, whatever. So like we just got used to working like that. But now it's getting a little more difficult because some of the artists now aren't even in the continent. So like I literally you mean like the Nigerian artists. Yeah, like he's not here's in Nigeria. So like literally like sometimes like so like when when that's when that's daytime for him, it's night here. So I have to be up because <laughs> I can't be like, Yeah, it's night for me. I have to we still have to deal with the situation, we still have to deal with like his stuff. And then like next thing you know, like it's morning here and like now I have to deal with stuff here. So like this is very little sleep. So that's yeah. like that's why, like, I even lost the track of time. That's why sometimes, like, I would, like, text someone, like, like a ridiculous I'm hour. I'm glad you're here on time. I appreciate like, it. Like, a ridiculous hour. Like, I just like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just have no concept of time anymore. So, like, <laughs> I might text someone, like, at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. But, like, yeah. I'm, so, but now I just kind of, like, put the, I'm just, like, make sure I look at the time, the time. Like, yeah. Before, well, like, not that he's in a different time zone, but I was having that thought about Angelo, mm-hmm. just uh, with Immaculate Taste being a smaller, obviously, independent label. Mm-hmm. Uh Unless you guys are secretly signed to Def Jam or something. I, um, <laughs> I just was thinking, like, there's got to be some, you know, really special connection there for somebody to, I, I feel like it's probably rare mm-hmm. that someone you know, on Angelo's level and also on Immaculate Taste's level to be working across five mm-hmm. states like that. Yeah. Uh, how did, yeah. So, like, how did that come about that he and Mike and you guys all connected? Yeah. Um, I don't, uh, I, I mean, even, so that's another thing. Even when he came on into four, like, I, st- I wasn't, I wasn't here either, but right. I think I think what I mean what happened was um, did they was, meet through a show in New York. Yeah, pretty much I met through a show. Like one of one of uh, one of Angelo co-manager at the time. Um, one of his friend went to school with Mike, and he kind of like mentioned Angelo. So it was like he was like, "Yo, this is a guy in Jersey," and like, "Okay, cool." So like they were on his way to New York. They went their way to New York to kind of like to do a show and they were like oh you're in jersey just come by we'll pick you up and then we go to the show and then i that just kind of like wow i got started yeah well how long on the geographic thing how long do you think um something like this works here or can stay here or do you see it whenever i remember wells at some point obviously he's gone right now but that wasn't really for music reasons um talking about the future where music could call him or you guys or whatever to, to be in a different place than 
in the middle of North Carolina, which is not the epicenter of. of I mean, as far as far as being as far as being as far as having a base, like at least I mean, at least me personally, like I kind of actually prefer being here. You know what I mean? Like I think I think I think I think I, I think. We're close enough to a lot of to the lot of. I think it is a great location. We're close enough to a lot of area where like you can go do what you got to do and mm. come back. Because I feel like, and uh, you would want to live in one of those places. No, nah, I would. I mean, like, I mean, California maybe, but even there. But that's. But then if you go to California, then that's just kind of too far from everything else. Yeah, it you makes your I mean? time zone issues even worse. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, I, w- I definitely wouldn't mind. I definitely wouldn't mind staying here, but just kind of being able to like move around in this different area. Because I feel like. I feel like the fact that we're here, like for example, if when we go to New York, because we are now in New York, we don't have we don't necessarily have all these opportunities they have. Like we get to see certain, like we get to see all these opportunities that like a person from New York don't really see. So like I can Oh you mean when you get there, yeah, like so take advantage of it. I can't even really understand. Like so when all these New York people are complaining, like I can't relate to it. Because I'm like, yo, like you guys have all these accents. There's always something going on in New York. There's always, you know, somewhere we can meet this, those people. Whatever. So like, I, I can't relate to that to their struggle because to us, it's like when we go there, like we get a bunch of things done, and they're like, you just <laughs> and come then back. bounce, and you come back, and then that's why I prefer it that way. Do you guys? I mean, because the only issue here would be not having enough to do. You know, that's the issue with here. So, have you guys had a struggle with that at times, where you feel like you wish this area had a little bit more? Happening on it, which by the way, now we do with all these fucking hip hop festivals happening. We got J. Cole throwing his own festival. I mean, I think it's a, I just think it's a, I mean, like, yes and no, because, like, in one way, in some way, I think it's like a great opportunity to actually, like, build something to create something to to create something. But, like, uh, I think, I mean, if I'm an outsider looking in, because I mean, I just came back here not long ago, maybe like two years, so I can't really speak authoritatively about like the area or the scene. So I'm free. You can I'm, be authoritative. That's uh, why you're here. I'm trying to be very careful because I mean, there's people who kind of like lay down yes, the work. Yes. I want to be respectful True. Um, of what they've done. But like, uh, yeah, but like, I just feel like once things, and you start, once things start being so kind of like sectarian, whatever, like, I think things will, things will be better. I feel like there's just too many. How do you see that? Right I just now? think what there's too mean? many. There's just too many like pockets. You know, what I mean, there's not really like like a necessarily like a strong unity. I mean, you see, you see, you even, see, but you see a pocket of like unity, but like I don't necessarily think is genuine. Is it uh, not genuine? I just think it's a, it's not enough yet. Yeah. You know, it's still kind of like each individual try to have their movement going or their thing going, like versus like kind of like let's just do a bunch of stuff. Together. Do you think there's an area that's figured that out ever? I mean, I would, the closest would be Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I think the kind of the closest to kind of like everybody kind of work with each other, everybody kind of push each other. Like, um, you see that because I mean, like, like I like. I wouldn't mind like seeing Knife Wonder working with like some of the like up and coming guys, but like he's generally work with like his team, right? Or know, he, he fixates on like one person because he has yeah. a young guy, but he has Ruben Vincent. I don't yeah, know if you know Ruben Vincent. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's what I'm like. He would he would sign a person and make kind of like make them on his team, right. as opposed to kind of like yo, know, like let's just kind of like work with a bunch of people kind of thing i mean but like he i'm sure he's busy i'm sure he got yeah, yeah. all kinds of other things to worry about like, like the black thought album coming out next week which we were another thing to mention cool. um well you guys i think have i will say just done a big part of that work just yeah. to 
to be honest. Like that, yeah. that uh, I, I wish we had like five immaculate tastes. Mm-hmm. It would maybe create more competition for immaculate tastes, but I, I really like that because not just the label, but also just having that creative presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to Runaway, like where we do the show. I mean, just having these entities here that are out making stuff that just provide, like people can attach themselves to. You yeah. guys had, um, well, not maybe it was an immaculate taste thing, but Tommy did his photo show here and, mm-hmm. you know, him and Mike were sending it up. You guys do, I, I meant to mention earlier, the Dose of Dopeness playlist mm-hmm. on Spotify, so you guys have your own thing with that. So, you know, just I, that kind of unity comes from, I think, things like immaculate taste. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you guys doing yeah. this and I hope that you're here for a while. Yeah, I mean, like, we definitely, we definitely, like, I definitely think we're here for a while. Like, I mean, all our families are here. Yeah. Um, so, like, we just, we're here. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming by. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. A lot of albums came out this past week, but the one that we're going to talk about today was not actually from the artists involved or any major label acts. It was a uh, mixtape or a mashup put together by a guy named DJ Critical Hype. He recently got a lot of uh, buzz around a tape he made called The Damn Chronic, which was Kendrick vocals from Damn over beats from uh, The Chronic by Dr. Dre, or I think not just The Chronic. And uh, yeah, his newest project is called More Ninth. It's a mashup of Ninth Wonder and Drake that Pigeons and Planes is promoting really hard. And I thought we would talk about it because this is obviously one of the biggest artists from North Carolina. And it harkens back to the start of Drake when he first started rapping over Ninth Wonder Beats with stuff like the comeback season back, uh, I guess, in the late, like, t- 2000s. Um, so, yeah, did you guys have any reactions to the music? It's really hard for me to get into these hip-hop mashups. I just, I think I'm so used to the way that electronic DJs just bring completely different sounds to the the elements of the song that make it just feel like a totally fresh new experience compared to just taking beats and and rap vocals and just kind of like throwing them on top of each other it just doesn't it doesn't wow me in the same way that sometimes like a Catronata song like the way he'll drop in a beat or um uh i don't know like pretty lights or I many of the like prominent electronic djs they just Girl Talk, yeah, Girl Talk was actually interesting for like a, a quick second, but um, <laughs> but I just think that, yeah, that that those types of mashups never really, I mean, even, even uh, I'm sure Alex will bring it up here in a second, but the Grey album we talked about before with, uh, you know, Beatles and Jay-Z, it's like a totally different thing that's happening. It's not Jay-Z over like Jadakiss beats or something, you know, it's like, it's, it's a totally new experience. So I'd rather have that than just like this sort of alternate reality version of Drake lyrics. You don't, you don't feel that it's changing like the music from this? Because what I like about this, like I said, is that Drake, that was kind of his part of his origin, was rapping over this kind of sampled music. And now he, he's obviously shifted many times his, the sonic uh, background of what he's doing. But like, I think 
And it's cool because he's seen as this pop, obviously he's more of a pop act now, um, to see that a lot of his vocals go really nicely over these like soulful Ninth Wonder beats. Yeah, I guess I just found it interesting because uh, if you listen to Ninth talk about Drake, one of the major things he always says is that there would be no Drake if there was no Fonte, and who the hell was Ninth making beats for back in Little Brother? Fonte yeah. and Pooh. So it's interesting. At the same time, I'm like, I, I probably would have been fine without this, but it's an interesting take on hearing Drake over different beats than he would ever choose himself, now at least. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely go for more of something where it's like more transformative than this. But this is always an interesting project for a DJ, an interesting thing to listen to, just either a different output. All right, bottles on me, long as someone drink it, never drop the ball. Fuck are y'all thinking? Making sure the young money ship is never sinking. About to set it off in this bitch, Jada Pinkett. I shouldn't have drove. Tell me how I'm getting home. You too fine to be laying down in bed alone. I could teach you how to speak my language, Rosetta Stone. I swear this life is like the sweetest thing I've ever known. About to go thriller, Mike Jackson on these niggas. It was cool to see uh, Ninth supporting it. Ninth was retweeting it. And this is kind of like his background as well because he made if people remember the uh the nas he made his own mashup uh called god's stepson out of the the nas album god's son so it's good to see him supporting this too i guess it's also hard for me to think about recycled drake lyrics over ninth wonder beats knowing that the black thought album with ninth is about to drop so just yeah my expectations for anything anyone over a ninth wonder beat right now is it's got to be better than what I think Black Thought will do. And I just can't imagine anybody topping that. So, um, yeah, I, maybe moving on from what I think about Drake to my anticipation of, uh, of Black Thought on, on Ninth Wonder. Any thoughts, Alec? On, on, uh, on, well, I guess you haven't heard it, but... I mean, I've, heard, I've heard enough of it. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I, I, mean, I kind of I like it because, I mean, like you all say, like, I mean, like, it, it's kind of like, how, like how he started like was working on that type of sound and like literally early drake really sounded like uh like a little brother like little brother so like you know so that th- i think that's cool and also like in a different way like it's also a way to introduce like knife wonder to a bunch of those yeah. people and who don't even drake. know you know who don't <laughs> even really know who he is so like it's kind of like they might go try to dig into like yeah like knife and stuff so i think i think it's cool I, the, the big concern I have with it, I like the music, but it's like I know how attached am I really going to get to this project. I get really excited about albums. Like a lot of hip-hop fans, I really like the full bodies of work. Even go back to our conversation about Wells, like he's put out, I mean, he has had some singles here and there, but he's had larger bodies of work that he put out. Even the EP last year, All Kings Get Their Head Chopped Off. Mm-hmm. Did I say right? Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, I love it when someone puts together something and it's like they considered the sound and the lyrics and everything. And then this is like a, obviously a DJ came together and mashed things up. But it's I don't know over time how attached I'm going to stay to this project. Even the Gray album, which is the best version of this ever, I still don't go back every day and listen to the Gray album. You know, or even every week. There actually is one that this is not rap on rap mashups, but there's a uh, Biggie and Frank Sinatra mashup album that I, f- I don't remember how I found it. I think there's the internet somewhere. And uh, that's actually one that I do go back to quite a bit. Uh, there are a couple songs that's um, everyday struggle over, I'll forget the Frank Sinatra song, but it's an everyday struggle remix and it's awesome. And so 
but again, it's it's rap and non-rap. So I feel like those things just to for me perk my ears a little bit more than than rap on rap mashups. And with that, we've had our show for the day. Justin needs to get going because he has to watch Game Seven of the Rockets versus the Warriors, and we wish him well. I don't um, watch that. I, I owe, actually owe Holland uh, dinner because I had bet him long ago, as we mentioned on the show, that the Celtics would make it further than the Cavs. And uh, that didn't happen. There's a guy named LeBron James on their team. Uh, but anyways, next week we will be talking to Chloe the God from Fayetteville. Really excited for that. She has a show. I want to I wanna get the date right, and I don't have it. Oh, June 1st. Yeah. So Chubbs, our friend who's been on the show, is promoting an event called Chemical X, all-female lineup in Raleigh, June 1st. And... Uh, I believe it's a Friday night. Yeah, two, two days after this comes out. And uh, Clothe the God the next day will be doing a show with her. So look forward to that. Please rate us five stars. As always, we're still perfect. 5.0 average. And with that, we'll see you next week. Peace. I've been hating sand since this talk. You keep telling me that you be wishful. You sell us rob a bank if we piss poor. I'm with you, but we need a pit crew. And I'm so ahead of myself, I'm planning the gig too. I let some people hurt me, I was vengeful. But see, I be forgetting when my summer's eventful. Dipping the best spot, right by the near sunset. And we press pause. Then we press pause. When I say goodnight, I'm really away. Yeah, I ain't really wanna leave you.